Hey, everybody, it's Adam Ray and Brad Williams. I'm in town. Yeah, that's right. I got on a plane. I made the mighty trek from San Francisco to Los Angeles. I'm not saying I'm as good as the guys who did the Oregon Trail, but it's about the same thing. Wow. Hey, I didn't die of dysentery. Shots fired. Oregon <laughs> Trail. I'm pretty sure they're dead already. Joe. <laughs> Pretty sure. That's pretty why I said shots fired. Okay. Shots all right. Fired. Let me finish my fucking sentence. All right. You radio guys, man, just want to hog all. I was like to interrupt here on 105.5, <laughs> live 105 in the morning. What? Uh, Sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> you can't turn it off. Is it, it? I'm sure there's been a bit out there where someone's like, the radio guy can't turn it off. What if he's at dinner ordering a salad? Oh my god. What well, like a uh, Caesar salad with chicken on the side? We've got a great uh, dessert coming up. Uh, <laughs> we've got the chocolate mousse or the uh, tiramisu. Yeah, you got you. You guys are playing Google dolls in the in, in the back. Of the steakhouse. Not too sure how I like that. Uh, <laughs> if, you guys, if you guys get some money, money, bastones. <laughs> wow, that's a fun band name to say in the it radio really voice. Money, money, bastones. <laughs> All right, not that now I got something new that I'm going to be doing for the next three fucking years. <laughs> that was my safe word uh, <laughs> when I went to uh, sex parties in middle school. Well, that's the impression that I money, get. Money, bastones, money, money, bastones. <laughs> I'm getting close. Uh, our guest today, uh, Steve Byrne. Steve Byrne is one of these guys. He works so damn hard. Yeah. Makes me feel like shit for not working hard. Uh, and you obviously know him from his show on TBS called Sullivan and Son. But before that, touring like a madman. He got into his touring schedule and exactly how crazy it was. And, dude, I have so much respect for this guy. He holds the record for most shows done in one night. He did 13. Shows, yeah, amazing. In one night he, in New uh, York City. Yeah, he's he's been around for I'd say fifteen years. He mm-hmm. you know got uh, blew up uh, on a MySpace comedy uh, contest, yeah. and uh, you know Sullivan Son now in its uh, just finished its third season. Yeah, uh, you know had three hour specials, um, numerous late night appearances, and just one of the um, great comics that is uh, around and the nicest dude nice guy and a uh, big sports dude and has so many great stories and the insight this is another man we're really locking in with um, having uh, comics on that we look up to uh, and, and aspire to uh, be as successful and uh, as you know cool as when we get uh, yeah. some more years on us but these guys are really giving um, and maybe we're just asking the right questions, but they're they're giving great insight into their uh, their journeys and how they've um, you know gotten to where they've uh, gotten to. Sure. And uh, if you don't like the insight into stand up comedy, stick around till the end. About the end of the podcast, Steve Byrne tells a story about Bobby Lee, which <laughs> that's amazing. It's it's it doesn't surprise me, and yet it surprises me for it, sure. It, 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 uh, it's it just one of these stories. It's uh, it's one of the craziest things I've heard while doing this podcast. So many great stories. I mean, like yeah. he, uh, you know, about being teased and the only Asian kid in his high school, mm-hmm. and you know how Vince Vaughn gave him the uh, encouragement to get Sullivan and Son made, and yeah. uh, and being pals with him, and uh, it's just. And a lot of, again, in classic ABL in fashion, a lot of tangents, a lot of callbacks, sure. a lot of silly fucking shit being said. And uh, it was uh, another one of these episodes that, you know, our guest leaves and Brad and I are like, God, man, that was like one of the most fun ones we've had in a while. And then I go, I kind of feel like I'm saying that all the time. But yeah, just with every podcast, we keep finding cool and interesting people to hang out with and find new and interesting facts about them. How about this for a segue? Speaking of, <laughs> you want you, you want to find some interesting things about us? Uh, check out uh, our tour dates. You can follow me on Twitter at Funny Brad. You can go to bradwilliamscomedy.com. My tour dates are posted there. Uh, Merced and Visalia, California. That's right, the middle of California. What the fuck, did I'm, you just say Merced and Visalia? That's what I said. I'm wow. coming to you November seventh uh, at the Merced Theater. 
and then November 8th at the Fox Theater. That's right, I'm doing fucking theaters in Central California. I'll be there uh, November 8th, and then, jeez, uh, I don't even know how to say the name of this city. Uh, Tulome, California? Tulome? I don't know, I'm doing the Black Oak These Casino. Do you get after a radio stint? Yeah, well, it's a Black Oak Casino. It's, oh, okay, it, yeah, that's good. Yeah, Casinos are great. Yeah, it's a big casino gig. Uh, November 20th, I'll be there. And then Sacramento, the state capital. I'm coming to the punchline November 28th through the 30th. I thought the state capital was Disneyland. I hate you. I hate you so much. <laughs> uh, I might be at those shows, ABL. Yeah, there's there's, there's yeah. a chance. Still trying to work out the deets. Mm-hmm. But, we, uh, but, uh, we're, do, we're doing our damnedest to get Mr. Ray there. So uh, check me out on those dates, people. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Adam Ray Comedy. Uh, all the tour dates, uh, AdamRayTV.com. And hey, you can still pick up my album, Pop-Tart Suicide. Damn on right there. you can. Pick it up, get it, buy it, listen to it, love it. Um, Speaking and, of uh, things you can pick up, uh, we have some merchandise now. Let me now. get my tour dates. Oh, man. sorry, buddy. I've got a few. I'm sorry. That's I'm an right. asshole. I'm Irv- an asshole. Irvine, California, uh, November 4th, okay. uh, 10 p.m., the Irvine Improv. Uh, I'll be at the New York Comedy Festival uh, November 7th. Uh, for one show, uh, that's a Saturday, 8.30. It's a Friday, 8.30, uh, with Brent Morin at UCB East. Nice. Uh, and then uh, 11, uh, November 12th, I'll be at uh, UC Riverside with Ron Funches. And, uh, and then December 4th through the 6th, I'm headlining Joker's Comedy Club in Richland, Washington. Come out, get tickets at adamraytv.com. Uh, and also, while you're there, uh, hey, continue to navigate through your web browser and go to estoymerchandise.com. E-S-T-O-Y merchandise.com. Click on About Last Night, and guess what? You're going to find some t-shirt options. We've got fucking merch, finally! Yes! We've got lady shirts. We've got men's shirts. We've got dwarf shirts. Technically, yes, we do, because <laughs> they do fit me. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, we, we do have some T-shirts. I know you guys have been wanting these. You, you, you've been telling us how can we support the podcast other than going to aboutlastnightpodcast.com and clicking through the Amazon banner, which does help us. Thank you for doing that. And subscribe on iTunes and, mm-hmm. and tell your friends and rate the podcast and comment on the podcast on iTunes because it helps us climb the charts. But m- mostly uh, subscribe to it on iTunes because, yeah. uh, hey, the more you subscribe, the more you listen, the more we are inclined to book fucking baller guests like Melissa McCarthy. McCarthy, Polly Shore, Rob Schneider. What's that? Are they going to be on in the next month? You fucking, fucking right they are. Damn right. Damn right. We can and we will. I almost threw a chair. <laughs> you were the you pause were... before my second fucking right you are. I like, that was like movie yeah. fucking trailer like style of just like, you, you fucking, you fucking just <laughs> chair flip. Everybody wants to do that in a movie at some point. Absolutely. Flip a table, flip a chair, punch a dude, um, maybe get to third base with Sigourney Weaver. These are all things that we all want to do. Bucket list. Hashtag bucket list. On mine for sure. Uh, But we had a great time with Steve. We know you're going to love it. So listen, rate the podcast, buy yourself a t-shirt, get get an Adam Ray CD, come see us live. But for now... Sit back and enjoy a very special About Last Night episode with Mr. Steve Byrne. Well, the weekend's over, so it's time to chat about it. Got a midget and a juice, so why don't you sit down and listen to a no podcast during lunch, dinner, or breakfast. Brad Williams and Adam Ray are here. So come on and treat yourself right It's about last night Fuck San Francisco
I'll, I'll, I'll say it on this fucking Yeah, we're on, by the way. So let's start off with fuck the cities that are great. Okay. Are there... Uh, can you hear? Yeah, I can hear. Uh, <laughs> you fuck said, San Francisco. By the way, you said that so, so like you were bummed to hear your own I voice. I can't stand San Francisco. I, I honestly, I, I hate that city. Really? Uh, yeah. I, I, mean, I, like, I like the peoples. Mm-hmm. I like some of the people. Is that a family? Is that a black family that lives there? <laughs> the Peoples? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's Demervius St. Peoples. That's his name. Demervius. Of all the, like, made-up black names, yeah, I don't think I don't I've know. ever heard that. I'm, pre- well, I'm pretty sure he's going to go first round in the NFL next year. Demervius St. Peoples? Oh, yeah. He's strong. That, he's, got, he's, he's got a yo, great 40 We're time. laughing right now, but that's a great athlete name. It really is. Uh, I'm so- <clears throat> We should Google it and see if there is a San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I will. Right. Here, here uh, we'll, we'll we'll get back on how much you hate San Francisco in a second. Uh, this is an actual true hobby that my dad has, and I'm, Google black guys. No, well, close. Google black guy Sunday. Close. Uh, my dad watches sports. And when he hears a funny black name, he yeah. writes it down, and he has a collection of them. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that Are was a serious? joke. It's not a joke. It's, he, oh, oh my god! Like, he, like the, the happiest I ever heard him was he called me up and went, "Brad, in the same game, they have a Leshawn, they have a Deshawn, they have a Ladeshawn." <laughs> oh he just lost it. Uh-huh. He's like, "This is the greatest day of my life." I'm like, "Well, I don't know, maybe the birth of your children." No, yeah, no, Ladeshawn. But that's a notebook you find in a serial killer's house. <laughs> like, he just wrote down weird black names during sporting events. Yes. And, like, if he dated Absolutely. it, that's definitely a, a man that kills animals, too. Yeah. Oh, he does date it, too. <laughs> so, okay. All right. So, I'm finding out my dad's a serial killer. Yeah. Fantastic. Hey, while you... Do you want anything to drink, by the way? Water or coffee uh, or something? I'm Whiskey? Okay. okay. I'm okay. Thank you. Whiskey? Right. I, I actually just went to Carney's. Did you? Yeah. Nice. It's my, it's my Achilles heel on Sunset. I was going to ask, what is you? Because you've been out in L.A. for how long now? Uh, off and on yeah. uh, since 2004, so 10 years, I guess. But I, really, three of them I lived in Chicago because I just said, fuck it, I'm out of here. Yeah, you, uh, yeah, you did the thing, and I, I heard a bunch of comics talk about this. Like, you were in Chicago-based, mm-hmm. and then like you had like, like a small place out here, or you just come out here a lot? or Yeah, I have. Deal? A, back, like, back in the day, I did that uh, MySpace stand-up sit-down yeah. com- competition. Dude, so- I think that's when I first got introduced to uh, the Steve Byrne <laughs> comedy stylings. Off of MySpace. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Hey, but like... It's so funny that that was so big, and now we're at a point to where we're like joking about it. Did you ever think in the heyday that it would be like someday we're going to be like fucking MySpace? No, it was like VHS. I was like, yeah, I'm going to Blockbuster forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, two, saw a flashback two years later of 1987, yeah. Steve Byrne with fucking a really cool beanie and jeans. Yeah, jacket. I'd be the one that's like, well, I got fired from Blockbuster. Guess I'll get a job at Barnes and Noble. Yeah. And it's like, no moron, no. read a paper. Yeah. That's not happening. No, so I did that that stand up th- sit down thing, yeah. and I won a chunk of money. So I took the money and I bought an apartment downtown. Nice. And so I would come back and forth, but basically I lived in L.A. and I didn't do great in auditions like you did. Yeah. I, I never even got auditions, by the way. I still don't get auditions, and I got a show. <laughs> it's like, it's like yeah, I have a show. You just told me yeah. that the other day about like somebody wanting you to read for something, and you're like, I mean, I just finished the third season of my own show. Can that maybe not like? Yeah, it was somebody who has. A, it's like now I know what it's like to be on that side. Yeah. And I just, if it's a comedian, I always go, just give it to them. Mm-hmm. Why are we going to, we know what they can do. Right. They can, they're going to kill it. They're we comics. know they're funny. Just bring yeah. them in. And so all the comics that we've had on the show have been comics that I just said, let's just give them the offer. Yeah, so awesome. uh, I'm really proud of that. But, but yeah, basically, I, 
I lived in L.A. I was like, I'm never going to. I, I, don't, I don't know why I'm here because I never get auditions. I Obviously, maybe I've been on four since, you know, prior since 2004, got, yeah. which so, I just moved. Did you I, give it a, a, a healthy attempt, though, before you were like? Yeah, yeah. I was here for a few years. Okay. And then I just said, I'm a road comic, you know. Yeah. I'm going to mm-hmm. work on another hour. And, so I just, and that MySpace thing had given you a lot of exposure, right? So you were like, I Not really. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Not even well, on how MySpace. How many friends did you hey. have? I literally probably had like 32,000. That's solid. I can't remember. Is it? And in the MySpace right? days, I guess that was okay. But, mm-hmm. you know, when you figure like Dane has like a million. That's right. It's like, eh, okay. it's not that big of a following yeah, at all. Now, yeah, now it's kind of like that on Twitter where like you think like, oh, I got a solid number of followers. And then like some like. The greasy pickle is now following you, and that person has ha- like two million. Yeah. There's you're like what? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what the fuck is right? That? It's like it's like it's a restaurant or oh, or, okay. or, 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 yeah. or 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 it's just like like a one liner comic. No, no, oh yeah, I, I totally missed that joke. No. Good call. <laughs> the greasy pickle. Is greasy pickle is something you almost had to miss your flight for. Because yes, that's you... a gay nightclub. What's up, everybody? <laughs> Greasy pickle. I'm on. And, I'm, and they I'm, probably I'm have like an after hours room called the dry pickle. <laughs> no, they're only, they're only 12 gets a, it's a yeah. seating capacity of 12. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Uh, that's, but like, that's, why do you think San Francisco never caught on for you? Well, I, I think there's a lot of things that haven't caught on for me, but mm-hmm. I think San Fran is, is one, for example, I thought, you know, when we get the Kim's of comedy, maybe we'll go there and do well. Maybe I'll. Yeah. That was you, Ken Jong, Bobby Lee. Yeah, Kevin Shea. Yeah. And then that kind of never caught on. And every time I go back to like the punchline, even, no radio stations would ever have me. Yeah. Uh, and I know that radio is tough in San Fran. Yeah. what I've heard. But I'll tell you. The fact that, uh, that they, you know, just you get to a certain point in your career where you think, all right, I think maybe I've, I've done enough to maybe establish, to warrant a, an mm-hmm. invitation for just give me a shot on your radio show, you know? Sure, I mean? sure, sure. So. It's it's been a city that's never been welcoming to me or my uh, stylings, ah, as they say. Well, I tell you, when, when, whenever you come back to San Francisco, you yeah. you come right over to Live One Hundred and Five. We'll have yeah. we'll, okay. after you're we'll done have, getting yeah. reamed with a greasy pickle. You and, yeah. down, <laughs> after you've eaten everything you can at the buffet, the morning after, which is not yes. a euphemism. They I'm actually do have a great buffet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait. Um, so okay. So you. Uh, I think that's when I when I got introduced to your stand up on the MySpace thing, and I looked at your tour page. And it was like, I mean, you were booked up through, I think, just like a week ago. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, you were like, you've, uh, did, do you love the road? Did you love it at that point? Well, I think all, all of us, I think maybe I can, I don't want to overstep my boundaries, but I think I can speak mm-hmm. for all of us when I say that when you're young and you're starting comedy, you think, you know, when you're on senior, it's like, I'll drive four hours for 15 minutes and yeah, sure. $25 a show. But yeah. I'm I'm in the biz. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I'm doing the road. Right, comics, right, right. Early young comics love to say I was on the road. That's like I've noticed. <laughs> I met a comic who started a month ago uh, last week at the comedy store, and they're like, "Yeah, I'm." Uh, and she asked me if I had any advice um, about because uh, they were doing. She was about to hit the road, and I was like, uh, "A Whitney month Cummings. in." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, she still thinks she's like got something, but uh, no. But it's uh, yeah, you're right. We do love it. It makes us. It validates with that before we have all the credits and stuff. You're like, that means I'm yeah. like doing it. I've arrived. Yeah, because I think you you, you romanticize what it's going to be like, and then the minute you start headlining, mm-hmm. you can't stop doing it. That's that's the way I I did it. So yeah. I just I, I hit the road full on, and I, I still kind of do because I think there's a. There's now with everybody, everybody's got something, and you got the hours and the Netflix and it's Comedy Central, yeah. and so it's like you got to keep up in your game. So yeah. even now, I just had an hour come out in May, 
And I toured with the Sullivan guys, and now I'm back at it trying to write another one to keep up with like guys like Sebastian or Bill. Yeah, and it's, now, it's tough. Because, and then Louis C.K. that puts one out every year, and you're like, oh, shit. That's what people, that's what people yeah. expect now? It's like, thanks. Thanks a lot, Louis. <laughs> but see, now, you got to, you've got, you're at a point in your career where you, because um, uh, obviously, like, I'm almost eight years in. I'm not looking at, I just put up my first CD last March, but I'm not like, well, I got to get another one because I feel like that's ridiculous for me to, Put that pressure on, right? Like, so you you must. Uh, how uh, many hours? Why well, you're I, in that you're in that league? I'm working so. on my fourth, but the difference between myself and okay, like Louis Burr, Aziz, those yeah. are guys mm-hmm. that um, that are doing like the Nokia right. and right. theaters. The whereas, demand on them is just so massive. That, exactly. That, yeah. that, that that their their fans, as soon as their special is done, you know, write them a tweet and go, "Great special. When's the next one coming out?" And you're like, shit. I gotta write it. Yeah, there's, you know, I don't want to, I don't know how else to to say this, but I I feel like there's almost a machine Mm -hmm. that is set in place in terms of comedy where, where certain folks are kind of anointed. And once you get in that loop, it's like, this is part of that click. You got to go see this guy. He's the new guy. He's the next guy. And I think that, you know, as great as that is to see that in comedy, I, I think it alienates maybe guys that... That work the road like myself, or mm-hmm. you, know, you know, like Sebastian, for example. Yes, because at the peak of your road stuff, were you doing what forty-five weeks, fifty weeks? Probably fifty. The only times Jeez. I I took off were maybe like Christmas and New Year's yeah. to to really spend with my family. But now now I got a wife and kids, so it's it's yeah. a lot different. But now it's like three weeks a, a month. How would you pass the time on the road? I mean, oh, like you're saying, when you're young, right, and you're first getting into it, you're enjoying the perks of it. I mean, yeah, which is just like free pizza and and decent <laughs> hand jobs from. From uh, decent it would decent be the jobs. applicable word, yeah. Decent hand jobs. By the way, that's the uh, that's a good that's a good night. That's how they tug you into the greasy pickle. By the way, yeah. we're like great menu, decent hand jobs, decent hand jobs. Okay, I'll, okay, I'll show uh, up. Backhanded lefty. I like your style. Uh, okay, okay. That's, we call that the Pete Sampras. Uh, or um, I'm gonna, from I'm a gonna applaud. I'm, I'm gonna applaud that reference because yeah, yeah. I'm looking at Steve. You could have gone Michael Chang, but you went straight oh, Pete yeah. Sampras. Michael, Michael Chang, Chang, by the way, the biggest thighs in all of tennis. Wow. And I remember he had the pump, no. the Reebok pump. He did. Remember Holy that? Holy shit. Yeah. Like, Him and right, Charles like, Barkley were like the pump uh, promoters. They they should have done <laughs> which sounds like, like a shitty yeah, Marvel game yeah. that never took off. They should have done like the original Rush Hour. <laughs> Michael Chang and, and Charles Or, Barkley. And Charles or Barkley. the pump promoters are the guys who stand outside of the spinning signs outside of the greasy pickle. Ooh. <laughs> pump promoters. They yeah. got like hot, like, like hot shorts. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hot shorts. <laughs> Fluorescent. Wow. All right. Hold uh, on. I'm going to take a moment. Think about this for a second. But mm. Chang, okay. where did you meet Chang at? Oh, I never met Michael. You Chang. just googled Chang thighs. <laughs> I remember because in high school I would play tennis because I, I I was always a hockey guy and I read a lot of guys in the offseason would golf and play tennis. I was yeah. like, oh, maybe I should play tennis. So I yeah. I did. I start watching it. That dude had like monstrous legs for being somebody who's like, you know, like a five three guy or whatever. For so sure. he looked like a guy that. That I think you, if you met him in person, it's one of those dudes that's like a Cirque de Soleil performer. <laughs> yeah. They're just strapped <laughs> oh, and yoked. Stop. Right, and, right, yeah. right. They've got Total muscles gymnast. inside of muscles. I totally, yeah. I totally forgot you were a hockey guy because I remember that we played one time in Burbank. Yeah. Yeah, and Steve is good. You're like, holy That's shit, awesome. good at hockey. Because I can't even skate. I fell out at a birthday party when I was 11 and got a concussion <laughs> yeah. and have never I'm been on here. the ice since. I was like, cool, so this, I guess, is something I am not going to do ever again. Backgammon, anyone? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And you know what's fu- fucked up about that? I woke up from the smelling salts. A concussion. Are you serious? Yeah, because I got out there and I had seen like, you know, 
I think it was 94 when the Winter Olympics were big, right? Yeah. Boitano and Kerrigan and Harding and fucking clubbings on legs before competitions. Yeah. And there was just a lot of hype. And I got on the, the peak. Ice. The peak. And I, <laughs> and I got on the ice and I, I saw people doing it. And there also it was like open skate. So there was the birthday party. But there was right. also like people who were out there training probably. And so I get out there and I was like kind of against the railing. And then I was like, I'm just going to fucking try to emulate as if like well, you heard some Belle DeVoe. You're like, here we go. Yeah, this <laughs> is my go. shit. Yeah. I got it, a jam. It's all skate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now that we found love. Yeah. Oh, this is how I do it. This is how I work. Yeah. And dude tried to pick up some speed. Yeah. And just feet came up uh, out from under me, down the ground, woke up from the smelling salts. To my buddy hovering over me going, you ruined my birthday party. <laughs> there's not a worse thing to wake up from a concussion to here. Like, no, I think th- there's something worse. Because I was a fat <laughs> kid. That- it could have been, you ate all the cake while you were passed out, you fat fuck. Like, that would have been, I would have taken that instead. But it was, you ruined the party. No, when you wake up to Simone Salts, you're like, why am I wearing figure skates? Yeah. <laughs> that could be the worst part. <laughs> I'm 11. Why am I not boxing? Were you, were you a fat kid? Yeah, were yeah. You? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah dude. Oh, yeah. Wow, that's kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah, the dudes that, like, I got to say this about you and, like, Owen Benjamin. Yeah. Owen grew up really fat. I saw some pictures. Mm -hmm. And how big were you? Like, fat, fat? or Dude, I think, and I've, uh, I had a day where I maybe just, like, saw a flashback to, like, the last time fat Adam got on a scale and was like, oh, that's too many numbers. Uh, (laughs) Which, by the way, goes, if that goes through your head at, like, 11, you're like, all right, maybe it's time to stop double fisting Pop-Tarts inside a cool. You're like, I thought pie was long. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) I well, thought pie was long. Well done, sir. Oh, well done. That was a fat joke and an Asian joke all in you, one. You became – look, yeah. great-looking dude. I mean, Thanks, you know, Adam they Ray. always have those sure. like uh, some alty drip, some indoor cat from like BuzzFeed will be like, top 50 hottest guys in comedy. I've never, been on, that list? I've never been on those lists. I'm man. like, this guy, you're a good-looking dude. Appreciate okay. It. Look, we're in the same boat. We take what we can get. I right. hear you, Steve. I'm I'll get not... a four at a Cheesecake Factory hostess. I don't care. I'm excited about it. Are you kidding me? Oh. But four fat guys that became uh, great-looking dudes. Thanks, were, man. You always were. You inner inside. You were always a beautiful man. It, it, it never. I didn't know I was a fat kid until my friends or my grandpa was like, "Hey, maybe you shouldn't get seconds tonight." You know, <laughs> when Grandpa says, yeah. that, uh, and yeah. then my mom was like, "Yo, you can't wear sweatpants at your bar mitzvah," and I was like. I got to wear a suit. So I was like, I got to fucking stop yeah. chowing down on these fucking meatballs like they're, uh, you know. You're yeah. borrowing a suit from yeah, Cedric. It, 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 right from who? Cedric the Entertainer. <laughs> Cedric the Entertainer collection. Um, no, yes, why so hasn't uh, that store opened up? But they're always good guys. They're always good guys. Yeah. Well, because I saw. Guys the, that were fat that became Because like, the teasing yeah. I took as a kid was uh, you just got early. I just grew up quick because I was like, oh, man, I never want to make. Anybody feel the way you guys, even like when you get it from your friends, that's when it really, because uh, it was always, you know, kid, because kids are cruel and they don't know. And right. I always say, and I've said before on this podcast, the nicknames, that's what really made me, in, when I look back, like how clever kids are with nicknames. Cause there's oh, they're this, the worst. Because there's some that are just like, they're like, hey, uh, like there was a kid who would always um, call me Jello Jiggler. <laughs> clever, right? I love that. Because I, I would, you know, bounce around. Yeah. When I would play I'll kickball. By the way, I was, and we've said this on the podcast before, I was quick fat. I was a quick fat, fat. I was a fast mm-hmm. fat kid. <laughs> Eric Griffin wants to make he a movie, w- by the way, Quick yeah. Fat the movie. Yeah. Um, of course he does. Yeah. He, he was coast. like he was like Vince Wilfork. Like 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 <laughs> just like a fat like a fast fat guy. Like, how is that three hundred pounder moving like that? It's not should um, not happen. Do you get uh concern for your children? How old are you kids? Uh two and a half. Okay. 
So they're not yet... Uh... No, but it's scary. But look, I, I think no matter who you are, you know, it's so easy for us to, to look back and go, oh my God, it, you know, these kids that are bullying, you know, targeting homosexuals or, yeah. or black or if you're... Di- it's like everybody got it, though, at the end of the day. In I some really way, shape, or form. A thousand yeah. percent, dude. Yeah. Because this kid, the popular kid who would give me shit, I would call him tight pants. And, dude, he lost his fucking mind because he wore <laughs> tight sweatpants. Dude, I swear to God, I would call him. His name is Jesse Davis. If you're out there, motherfucker, hit me up on Twitter. <laughs> Hashtags tight pants. Uh, he called me Jello Jiggler, which, like, and I think that's also, I've said before, too, like, I was the fat kid. And then when I started to make people laugh and fight back, I was the funny kid. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to try to ride this out because it's making people not look at fucking, right, right, you yeah. know, the size. Uh, but tight pants, he lost his mind, dude. It's so funny. It's it could be you couldn't find a worse nickname, right? That yeah. he would let that bother him. Yeah, tight pants. <laughs> yeah, you motherfucker! <laughs> I'll what? kill you. You call me tight pants. <laughs> but you, but, but again, but to your point, like, and he was a pop, but he he didn't get it, but he got it because like that everybody got him, it. Yeah, I don't care who you are, everybody got it. Grown up is the toughest, but I think sure. I do think that this could be the first generation of kids where. As we get older, we look back at we look down on these kids, going they they actually have it a lot more difficult than we ever a did. Thousand with internet with everything. Yeah, that's going on. like it's yeah, because now because now they can get bullied. Like even when they're at home, they're like, I'm going to post this picture on Facebook from a birthday party, and they post, and, and, and some guy just says like fag. Oh yeah, like like right there on your on your damn picture. Getting, that's like getting yeah. from a whole other angle. Getting yeah. bullied from home, like that's. I mean, what a bananas concept. In your own bedroom and you're by yourself. Because for me, like, what I would, if I got some shit, I was like, man, I can't wait to get home and fucking just Disney afternoon and fucking, you know, granola bars. (laughs) And just eat granola bars, please. (laughs) Yeah, but hey. We know your your history. (laughs) Yeah, but I was dipping them in shit. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Okay. (laughs) By the way, um, when I was in uh, uh, college and uh, first started smoking pot, I went down to the kitchen of the fraternity I was in and I took. You know, we just and there was somebody was responsible for buying all the food, and they bought just crazy frat guy snacks. And uh, I took Costco muffins and put ice cream in between the muffins, and then put Pop Tart on the outside Dude. of the muffin. And my buddy, before I take a bite, goes, and we're both baked out of our minds. And he goes, "You were a fat kid, weren't you?" <laughs> and I just start laughing. He goes, "Dude, fat kids make the best stoners." He goes, "Because your fucking your brain like just that. goes in a different direction, <laughs> like the snacks you're thinking of putting together." <laughs> it's so nuts. you could design sandwiches for KFC. I mean, I should. Yeah. Hey, I applied the greasy pickle, and they were like, "You got to wear the fucking tube top." And I was like, <laughs> "Wait." When did you we lose tried. the weight? Was Before it the bar mitzvah. It was literally... Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, it was, and you kept it off ever since. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, you know, it fluctuates, but I mean, I'm not... You know, everyone, I think, was in better shape in, uh, That's the thing in their about heyday. Channing Tatum, you see that dude... I, I've seen pictures of that dude. I'm like, he's going he's gonna to bust out at some point, and he's going what, to... What, just put on like 40? I think so. You think so? I think he's... And I settle into daddyhood? I could just see... Yeah. Can't you, can't you just see in his face? Of course. Like, I, I bet he, he was a fat kid. Well, so, after I'm done Googling Chang thighs, I Googled... Tatum uh, waistline, and yeah. it's. Uh, I was waiting for a laugh there because you just you're staring at me like that's <laughs> oh. the real thing I do. <laughs> well, look, we, we were waiting for it. I, I was like, like, oh well, what well, well, what happens when you Google Tatum yeah, I, waistline? I, I, yeah, <laughs> but, I, I want the next part of the story. That just calls attention to how interested all straight men are in Tatum's, uh, you know, uh, measurements. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, you're right. I think there's. Uh, but yeah, so I dropped it for the bar mitzvah because again, mom was like, "You can't wear sweatpants." And dude, a fat kid losing weight spreads like wildfire. Like fucking teachers at the sixth grade party where all these like, you know, it's sixth grade, so it's pizza and fucking cookies and everything. And I would like walk over and like grab some celery sticks, and the teachers would go, "You on a diet, Ray?" Oh. <laughs> and I was like, 
not knowing how to. I was so weird. So I was like, No, I just no, love really, celery sticks. Oh, that's exactly what I would say. I go, really? No, just really feeling celery today. And then uh, <laughs> there's there, there, there's cookie dough ice cream next to celery sticks, and, the and they're like surrounding dude, wings. They're like, the No, this is so funny. One of the teachers I'm not remember this would even look over and be like, But there's pizza. Like <laughs> you can't control yourself. Like that's that's that says something to your to your uh, drive and determination at that age, especially to be able to do that yeah. when you're that young. I think that's pretty, pretty honorable. I was getting heckled. That was my first heckler. <laughs> was teachers being What's... like, "Really, you fatty? You don't want the fucking macaroni balls?" <laughs> and uh, and I was just like, "Nope." And I, you know, I didn't have any uh, clever retorts yet. But um, if if they were wearing tight sweatpants, I would have gotten them. Yeah, but, fuck uh, you! You drive a Corolla, <laughs> asshole. Yeah, I know. I wish. God, what a... Now, were you teased growing up in in a in like a in like a mixed race household? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I got it all the time. Skinny, horrible acne. Half Asian, mm-hmm. you know, Jesus. but half Asian is Asian when you're young. Right. You know, exactly. it doesn't matter. You're, yeah, you're, you are, are Asian. Really white, to white kids, you're Asian. So mm-hmm. so I got it all. I mean, the worst was when I played hockey, you know, kids would say anything to get under your skin. I remember sure. my father, you know, on the weekends to keep in shape, he'd ref hockey games. Okay. So he's like, yeah, you should ref hockey games. You know, in high school, it's a good way to make money. You get like, a, you know, 50 bucks a game or whatever. Yeah. I was like, oh, you know, yeah, 15, 16. High school, that's, awesome that's, yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's a lot of money. So... So I did it, and the first game I did, some like this team, not just a kid, like the team called me Chink and Gook and what to the go ref? Back to, go back to Vietnam and all that shit. And I remember oh I was my God. trying to ref it, and I remember skating up to the blue line, uh, and I was made this offsides call that I guess they they didn't agree with, mm-hmm. and that's when it all came out. And then my dad heard it because we were refing together. And I oh, just shit. lost it. I, like tears streaming yeah, down my face. And my dad's like, son, it's okay. I'll take over the game. And I never ref a game again. So it was like one of <sighs> no those kidding. things. No kidding. Just it like really, yeah, yeah. You know, it impacts you. But I think as you get older, it's like, you know, you, you got to learn to accept those things about yourself and just, you know, learn to appreciate your background and what you got mm-hmm. and make the most of it. It also could probably help shape your just view on people in the world, right? I mean, like, what age was this again when you were? Uh, I was probably like 14 or 15, I think. Yes, yeah, so I mean, how so. does that, wow. like, I mean, uh, uh, just getting that type of abuse, are you just like, okay, like, it gives you some thick skin because after you get through it, you're like, yeah, I don't want to feel that way again and you don't want to. Yeah, I mean, I, de- I definitely didn't ref again, but then, you know, I remember, like, when, when all that hits you and you're, you know, you, you're known as the only Asian kid in your high school, mm-hmm. then you don't feel attractive, you don't have the confidence. I was always goofing off and joking. That was my way oh, to get are? around things. But yeah, everyone's defense mechanism. Yeah, but I never had the guts to ask a girl out. I mm-hmm. didn't kiss a girl till I graduated, till I got a diploma from high school. That's when I kissed a girl. Yeah. So I think those things do impact you. But again, it's how you... Was it the woman who gave you the diploma? <laughs> Did you plant a big no, one, fat no, one no. on her? No, I went to uh, Kennywood. That was like the amusement park. Nice. And uh, met this girl that was sisters with this girl that was in my grade. She was much younger, and we went out for like the whole summer. Yeah. So it was pretty awesome. Uh, summer yeah. flings, man. Yeah. Come on. Back in the day. That's why Jack Johnson has so many songs about them. They're the best. And this was in and this was in Pittsburgh? Nin- yeah, Pittsburgh, 92. So that was... Uh, I think there was uh, some Call Me Bad going on. <sighs> BBD, the East Coast Family, ABC. God. Yeah. So wow. like, so like, growing up in Pittsburgh. That, uh, I wanna rock with your baby <laughs> all night long. I wanna. Be- I don't know words. Feeling but I- so strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe some Holy SWV. Shit. I get so weak in my knees. <laughs> Dude, I skated so many times for that. Song. How many how many starter Roller jackets skating. do you have? 
Oh, dude, I had back three. In the day, yeah. And my mom, dude, <laughs> threw out. I had an old school Sonics one. Yeah. In like oh, mint condition. And she threw it out because when we were moving and she was like, I just didn't think you would want it anymore because it like you wore it when you were a kid. And I was yeah. like, A, we don't have a fucking team anymore. So it's even more like yeah. uh, important. Uh, but it was just such a cool jacket, man. Those, right? Uh, those, I bet you had those star, those star jackets were the shit. Yeah. I had, I, I had oh, a yeah. Ducks one. Ducks, most worthless team in sports, especially at the time. Because they were still, the Mighty Ducks. Yes, too. they're the, the fucking Mighty Ducks the duck wa- with the wild wing duck mask. Lamest thing ever, but I rocked that thing. Like, no, this is my fucking <laughs> Mighty what? Ducks jacket. And people saw that jacket and go, oh, the Ducks actually aren't that bad because yeah. of the jacket. Like, the jacket gave everybody some little bit of cred. <laughs> what did you have? Steelers and... Oh, I had Penguins. And for some reason, I love the Michigan Wolverines. Huh. Well, those colors were great. The navy yeah. blue and the yellow. Yeah. That was a great starter. Jacket. But the Sonics, yeah, that was pretty awesome. It was. It was very awesome. Uh, have you gotten to meet uh, athletes that you were oh, yeah. a fan of now because of your uh, your fame and stardom? And I won't go that far. Come on. Um, <laughs> I did do this uh, fantasy camp for Mario Lemieux, who I grew up whole like yeah. shit. Uh, like Mario. he was the greatest, yeah. the be all end all. He's the bee's knees to me, and the fact that they even asked me to go do this. So Bill Burr and I went, and we did a show for the fantasy camp, which is basically Lemieux brings in all his friends, and they play or coach over the course of three days for all these guys. They pay a, a nice chunk of change, but yeah. they get to play with all stars. So yeah. it's like Paul Coffey, Mark Recchi, Ty Domi, who's got the record for most fights in the NHL yeah. ever. Theo Fleury, They're, yeah, Theo Fleury from the Flames, yeah, yeah, Clark Gillies. Uh, these are these are like all the players in the NHL that I would a idolize, but B always try to play in like NHL ninety four, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, NHL yeah. ninety four, Sega, greatest game ever. I mean, they're all they're all was uh, Demarius Peoples there. <laughs> Demarius. Demarius, that's right. Already (laughs) fucked up. Demarius. That's his brother. We're talking (laughs) hockey. Oh, yeah. He was not there. (laughs) Has there been... Has there been a black hockey player? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, there's, a, guy, there's, a, there's a guy on the Ducks. There's a guy on the Ducks right now who's fucking killing and it. And some people hear me say that and go, geez, that's super racist, Adam. But I don't watch hockey. So I'm, well, I'm double ignorant. To yeah, no, it's, it's, they're definitely in the minority, absolutely, on the, on the ice. But I did this show. And I did the show for the Blackhawks. And they actually had two black, pe- black players at the time. And I mm-hmm. said, it's so crazy seeing the bl- <laughs> <laughs> it was like a really nice thing, and I was like, yeah. oh, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but oh, just do yeah. it, Steve. Yeah. I, was like, I was like, it's so crazy. Uh, Ray Emery is here, and Johnny Oduya, two black players in the National Hockey League. It's so crazy because usually black, play, black, black people don't play ice hockey because if the ice melts, we all know they can't swim. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> they were dying. They were dying, and it was, yeah. it was like some of the other players like, oh, is that okay? And then they oh. look, it's like, yeah, it's fine. Okay, you know, it's cool, a good yeah. joke. But, but anyways, so this got camp. to meet Lemieux, yeah. got mm-hmm. to play on a line with him. Holy I played D shit. with Paul Coffey for a shift or two, shit. and Coffey played with Gretzky and yeah. Lemieux. Um, you have a mental image of that in your head just for oh, a it was, it was the greatest. And, and so we finished the game, and I was leaving the next day, and Lemieux, we're on the same locker room, and he goes, uh, hey, Steve, you know, if you want to stick around tomorrow and play another game, feel free to join us. And I was like, I got to get back to the wife and kid, but thanks, Mario. And inside my head, I'm like, I can't fucking believe I turned out Mario Lemieux. I was like, what the fuck? This is crazy. Yeah. Oh and I God. told my wife, and I was like, 
I, I, I wanted to stay, but she's like, I would have understood if you did. But I was like, I did it once. Yeah. I'm going to be happy with that. I'm not so she ob- my welcome. So she obviously gave you anal the next day, right? Because it's like you left Mario Lemieux. <laughs> Boy. That's that. See, that's uh, that's 10th that's tenth, tenth anniversary. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Still Boy, working up to that a, point. Such a single guy approach. <laughs> Brad <laughs> Consino's anal first base. <laughs> Jesus, Brad. <laughs> yeah, slow it down, man. Sorry, no, man. No heavy so petting. Yeah. Is that your thing? Is that your go-to? Anal? Yeah. <laughs> I've never done it. What? We, yeah. With okay. that beard? <laughs> Why is the beard? Gonna, I don't know, man. That beard, beard is dirty. That beard is dirty. It, uh, that means you're and, into the dirty. And, and no, anal, this is a, a clean activity. I, I, <laughs> you know who said that? Demervious Peoples. He did before he retired. No, this is a radio beard. This is I don't give a fuck. This is I'm not in front of anyone. This is I don't give a shit beard. How long would you let that go? Oh, I, I, well, I don't know. I just think a dwarf with a beard sounds natural for my people. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like every, every every dwarf you see in the movies is always like the dwarf in Lord of the Rings had a. You should grow that, and then beard. Peter Jackson be like, "Fuck, I finished them all." Yeah, <laughs> damn it, I got to do another one. Would have been perfect. Yeah. <laughs> well, they they didn't even use dwarfs for that one. They used the dude from Indiana Jones. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, he plays the dwarf. Fucking asshole! Really? Did I hate he? that. Oh, the one with the axe. He's got yeah, the big, yeah. They use CGI. I'm, oh, I'm, 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 I'm sure Asians were pissed off when John Wayne played Genghis Khan. And, you know, it's kind of like that thing. It doesn't matter. Oh, we got some Mongolians <laughs> coming over the wall, there, Pilgrim. Shut up. He did kind of sound like one of those voiceovers in, from the '70s, though. He did. You know that? <laughs> hey, uh, what are y'all doing in this here cantina or whatever the hell it is? I don't know. They're just all doing John Wayne impressions. Yeah. Uh, so growing up in Pittsburgh, like you say, you had you had to be funny as kind of a defense mechanism. Uh, how did that segue into stand up? Well, I never went to a stand up show. I never was really interested in it. Uh, you know, I saw like Annie's. Uh, comedy, whatever night, hour, so. not the improv or something like that. You yeah. get the improv. I watched on all those things. Yeah. yeah, when I was little, you know, you're little, you watch that stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I never was like fascinated and was like, I'm doing that. And so I finished up at Kent State University, where I studied theater for four and a half years. I never got cast in one play. Are you serious? I swear to God, never got cast. Uh, in let me tell you anything. something. I did theater all through high school and college, yep. and we did The Wiz at one point, which is Motown's version of The Wizard yeah. of Oz, yes. right? And we had uh, one black girl. I played the fucking Tin Man. We had a, and ripped it up, by the way. Uh, but we had one black girl and then uh, a Filipino dude. And like he played a lot of parts because it was like, hey, man, got to cover some ground. And you're the closest thing we got to black He's next Filipino. to Joffrey. He's the usher. <laughs> He's like, I don't think you need black ushers in the yeah. show. No, we really got to no, cover No, we do. No, we do. Uh, not one show. Why do you think that was? Uh, I, I don't know. I was more like, especially, in, I, I don't know. At Kent, I have no idea. I don't know what the reason is, but never got cast. And so I, my parents. Not even a Miss Saigon or. No. <laughs> they, nothing, they didn't, no. They didn't even a need a dragon lady or something? No. no? Nothing. I, like literally, Damn I'm it. telling you guys, zilch. Jesus. King and I? Nothing. Nothing. Really? Nothing. That's um, a strong musical reference. Flower drum song. Nothing. <laughs> So they, uh, my father got I think that covers all the Asian musicals, right? Are, 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 are yeah. we good? Yeah. All right. So my dad gets transferred to New York City my senior year of college. And I, I graduate. I go, hey, could I come and crash on a couch for like two months and experience New York City? He said, yes. I drove to New York. The day I got there, it was like nine in the morning. I said, all right, not coming home until I get a job. I started at 96th Street, walked all the way down to 50th and Broadway, walked into Caroline's. I go, I'm looking for a job, and the manager happened to be standing there. He goes, what do you want to do? I go, I'll do anything. He goes, fill this out, come back tomorrow. So I just started sweeping the floors, answering phones, and uh, 
It took me like four months, and I was like, I'd like to try that. I think that could be fun. So I went to stand-up New York on the Upper West Side, yep. and I walked off stage. And my brother, my mom, and dad were my three paying customers, so I could get the five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And I was in tears. My brother goes, what's wrong? I was like, ah, I, I'm going to do that the rest of my life. I don't care if I make a dime. And that was it. Whoa. There it so, is. It's, it, it's just that thing. crazy. Yeah. What? Was it uh, a great crowd? I mean, great crowd. Were they laughing Fortunately, a lot? I did, did you- great my okay. first two times. Actually, the second time I went up at New York Comedy Club, and there was a, a booking agent named Roger Paul that happened to be there, and he gave me his card, and he said, you're, you're going to call me this week and meet me. Um, I go, okay. He goes, how long have you been doing? I go, uh, this is my second time. He goes, are you fucking kidding? Call me tomorrow. Oh, so shit. I called him. I went in, and I started working the road uh, the next week. And I was emceeing like local kind of gigs around Jersey, Connecticut, New York, and then working my way to. I did the road for about a year, and then I had enough material to go to to uh, the cellar. And once I passed wow. at the cellar, they all they all accepted me. Yeah, because that's like the 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 cellar. For those who don't know, that's it's like, like the, the Bucca di Beppo yeah. of Italian restaurants. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's like it goes Bucca di Beppo, Olive Garden, sure. <laughs> Actually, yeah, Maggiano's. Maggiano's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maggiano's pretty strong. Well, uh, <laughs> what else? But I mean, hold on a second. Okay, I, really I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know when you're going to throw a pizza Mario's. hut. Yes, Eastside Mario's. Um, sure. <laughs> There's another chain Italian restaurant we're not thinking of right now. Sabaro. There it is. Ah, there he is. Thank you, God. There's yeah. one guy who works at Sabaro <laughs> on pins and needles listening yes. right now. Please stay, Sabaro. <laughs> you know what pizza is the best? Uh, but, but, like, but like coming up to a stand-up in New York, that's – and the thing all comics always say about New York is you get to work constantly. And you, you do, and, yeah. and you work so many sets a night. Yeah, I went to college at Kent State, but I really – felt like I got my master's in stand-up in New York City because I lived there for seven years. Working at the cellar taught me everything about sure. crowd work, interaction, how to get over things. And the, the thing you really learn is how to be a professional. And by, when I say that, I mean you've got to be able to take any situation and be better than it. You've got to be smarter. You've got to be funnier than a heckler. You've got to be better than anything that happens. Plates that crashing, checks dropping, yeah. whatever. If it's uncomfortable, your job is to make it comfortable again. Mm-hmm. Hold your hand out. It's not shaking. And the seller taught you that. Yeah, From having to experience did. it and see pros d- Look, do that. Yeah, Dave Chappelle would come in and do three hours. Oh, man. All the other comics would leave, and I'm like, I'm fucking staying. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay here until Chappelle gets off, and I'm going to do my fucking time. Yeah, if you're in an art class and Bob Ross comes in after everyone leaves and goes, I'm going to paint trees for the next four hours. Yeah. Like, Fuck, I should probably take a few notes. I'd stick yeah. around. I'd watch him, and then I'd go do my set afterwards, and people are like, oh, you got to follow. It's like, it, no, it, it's like, it's not, you can't think of it that way. It's, it's okay, that was his moment. Now it's my turn to go right. up and, and have my shot at it. That, so that's the way I always thought of it. Yeah, that, and I always see to, to, to follow those really difficult situations where either a popular comic comes in and kills or someone, you know, just, there's just someone has a great set. That makes you better because then you Absolutely. figure out how to kill in that scenario and then nothing scares you. Yeah, nothing, nothing really terrifies me anymore. Even if somebody goes up and kills, it's like you're playing golf is what you're doing. You're not competing against anybody else you pat people on the back for their successes but you just mm-hmm. go out there and do your bit you're damnedest that's all I it it shows man because uh it's just so funny to hear you and, and thank god you had that approach early on from seeing people at the cellar do that because i mean you know i uh when i first started doing phones at the store and just like being around more and and uh uh and i would stay in the or and watch like 
even on a, if I, for a Sunday, Monday, if I couldn't get up from the open mic and then mm-hmm. when I started working there, even then I couldn't get up, you know, cause you know, Tommy just, sometimes he just wouldn't. And I'm like, I fucking work here. And he's yeah. like, no, well, I'm fucking, you know, Piper Parabu just came in. I'm like, the actress, <laughs> you know, fucking, yeah, we got, and, uh, we, I don't know why that name just came to me, but we got to kill in front of her. Yeah. She doesn't what? even do stand up, Tommy. Yeah, but she's trying, she's marinating. <laughs> fucking stop, okay. stop using teriyaki terms. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> which are playing at the Troubadour on Friday. And, sure. uh, so terms. I would say though, and sit in the OR because I was like, oh man, I kind of like you did in the cellar, watch you and fucking, you know, Cap and Sebastian and uh, and then get to see cool poppins. And man, I felt like and sometimes actually a lot of times nobody, no other comics would be back there like just yeah. doing it. Cause you know, after you get around for a while, you just like you feel like, oh, I've seen, you know, I've seen that person because I saw them once five months ago. Right. But I was like, man, I'm gonna sit back and watch. And every time, like you said, like I see you follow um you know, some big pop in, uh, or, or somebody just crush and get up there and just like acknowledge, you know, they, Hey, that guy. And then yeah. just do your thing. And it was like, I was like, Oh shit. Cause in my head I was like, how's he going to handle that? And you just like, would all of a sudden I forgot about the other comic like yeah. 10 seconds in because you were so, and your crowd work is just so spot on because I guess you've just embraced, like you said, like trying to be better than what's happening. So yeah, it's cool always... to see it in the flesh like that after hearing you say that you oh, adopted thanks. that, uh, but, you, you know, it's like, you know, when you're at the cellar, Chris Rock, Rob Williams, mm-hmm. Seinfeld, oh, shit, Louis, really? everybody would come in there and do their sets or do come in there before Letterman and, and work on their stuff. So you go up and you have to follow these guys. So it's just like you get to a point where you accept, all right, well, I know I'm not them. I'm never going to be them. Yeah, you have that's, to take that pressure off thing. yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just go up and do your fucking shit and do your best. And, and that, that's really it. And well, then and then your work ethic is legendary. I, 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 I got to say the 13 or bust. The thir- the thirteen or sh- the thirteen shows yeah. in one night. That's incredible. You you did thirteen shows in every comedy club just one night. Just yeah. n- just knocked it all out. What what gave what gave you that idea? Because most comics at the time, this is when the by the way, this is when the internet just started going. Okay, mm-hmm. so I was doing it. You crazy kids? When, <laughs> when there were no cell phones. <laughs> no, not back in my internet days. There were no cell phones. We didn't take a selfie. We didn't know what a JJ even Tinder. looked like. <laughs> I had to. I had to think of a titty from the fourth grade, <laughs> and just. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I would. I, all these comics were like doing their own uh, hours yeah. on audio CD and selling it on their sites. And I said, oh, mm-hmm. I'm going to do that. But you know, I'm going to do something cool. Where instead of doing like a CD, why not do a night in the life of and mm-hmm. do a documentary? And sh- and uh, David Tell had the record of twelve sets in one night. I said, you know what? I'm going to schedule thirteen. It's thirteen or bust. I'll never do it because something's going to go wrong. Because something sure. always goes wrong. So someone will come in. A show will go late. A spot exactly. will I'll miss a out. cab. Yeah. I won't get a cab. So mm-hmm. I started at six. I went till two thirty in the morning. And of course, I did. I did all thirteen shows. Holy shit! Um, How but much? it was like a night in the life of a stand-up comic. And Bill Burr's in it. Dove Davidoff, Robert Kelly. Um, and they provide commentary throughout, so it was it was a lot of fun. It's like a when I was doing, I was like, this would be a time capsule for me to look back on. And I did it just before I moved to LA. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. What what is the mindset? Because I've done f- max five shows out here. It was like haha, factory store improv, um, and like meltdown or something. It was like, but yeah. so it was all kind of close. But even that was fucking exhausting mentally because I was like, yeah, you, know, you have to space hitting up at each book or being like, yeah. can I go? At the end, on most of them, because they just timed out where it was just like, make it easy on yourself. You know? And they were all close proximity, but even so, it was like getting to each spot and, and wanting to have enough time to be present with my set and not be thinking, I got to get off and get to that next one. So like with 13, yeah. I can't, 
how are you balancing being present on stage and then like, I got to get off because I got to catch the G train to fucking the Greasy Pickle before they <laughs> shut down. The original Greasy Pickle. <laughs> or in New York. Um, yeah, I mean, look, the norm for me would be doing seven, eight shows on the weekend. Oh, so Because you're pretty much more. paying your rent yeah. in that one weekend. Wow. And then the rest of the time, you're blowing it on girls and drinking <laughs> and hanging out and having fun. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I, I think I, it was never like, I got to get to this next set. I got to rush. I got to... I was always like, I'm enjoying this. I, I really savor those days back in New York City for me. And even now when I go back, it's kind of fun. But I know that I was much younger then. It's a lot different now. And um, I don't know. Now I, I think I've matured enough where the work I want to get done can be done in, in one set at the store as opposed to running around and do five is in that, New York. So. Is that, is that um, satisfying to get to, to know that you like, can just hone it in to not have to yeah, yeah. I think plus two when you're younger, you know, when you're single, you're, like, yeah. you're trying to meet girls and you're trying to get out there and, you, you know, run through your insecurities. But I think you get settled and you find when they say when they talk about finding your voice, I think that's also accepting your your place in in the world of comedy and knowing, hey, you know, this is this is what I'm capable of. I'm happy with this. I'm fine with this. I know what I'm good at. I know my strengths. I know my weaknesses. Yeah. And that's all part of finding your voice. And and also at that, I, I made a decision early on to say I'm not going to be the 50-year-old guy with the leather jacket. I'm going to lock it down with somebody great and really make a go of it and find a healthy relationship. Uh, and that's kind of what the foundation for Sullivan and Son was because it's what I was going through at the time on the road. I was professionally doing very well, but yeah. personally just I, I didn't. I was never with my friends. I didn't know where home was. I was living out of a suitcase. Yeah. I was meeting strange after girls. It was yeah. just... It was, it was rough, yeah. It, it really kind of takes a toll, and I, I could sense the depression coming in, and I'm like, I'm getting the fuck out of this. And I'm... Mm-hmm. And by that, I just meant I'm going to um, find somebody who I connect with and go all in as opposed to just going out and trying to have fun every weekend. What would you say the advantages are from, I mean, professionally and personally now being in this, like having, uh, you know, a stable relationship in a family, like versus, yeah. I mean, because you're, well, you're talking to two guys who are, uh, you know, probably. Well, your credit card statements are going to, are you're going <laughs> to yeah. save a lot of money. I'll tell you that much. Save right money. Now. You're going to save a lot wow. of money because. You, no more bar tabs. You're not ah, picking. Hey, everybody, let's do some shots. Hey, yeah, you get in here. Let's go party. I bought a whole it's, round of drinks for the sack punchline on my first show there <laughs> on my weekend there. Wow, it was only ninety people, uh, but there was some but, heckling shit I I dealt with, mm-hmm. and um, it got weird. And then I like brought because the crowd, everybody was great except for this table of drunk birthday women in their 50s and then two women that tried to take their side yeah and i said what do you do for work and she goes nanya and i go nanya she goes nanya fucking business (laughs) and laughs just like you guys did at her own popsicle joke and after i had given the birthday party (laughs) five attempts to like use them to get into a bit and keep allowing them a chance to stay Finally, she gives none your fucking business, and I go, get the fuck out. I go, and your friends? And they're like, what do we do? I go, you chose to be friends with that cunt. And I go, get out. And then the birthday party, because I kicked them out, who yeah. was the original problem, goes, we're leaving because you kicked them out. I go, great. You're, you're, you're acting like I'm bummed that the distraction is finally leaving. Yeah. And then they leave. And it was weird for a minute, and I made some comment about how, like, you know, that's what's great about live comedy. Like, you guys came for, like, a, a smooth show or whatever, and sometimes you get something different. It's like you go to Denny's, and you're like, hey, you know, you order root beer float, and they bring you a boot filled with shit. And you're like, well, I'm here. I might as well eat it. Let's make the best of it. And then, like, it was just I needed to get the whole crowd back immediately right. somehow, and I just, like, was like, I need something for them to just fucking cheer about. And I go, fuck it. Because they were so cool. It was a yeah, great... Yeah. And it was my first night of the weekend, and I was like, I don't want to 
whatever, man. So I did it, and it was uh, I I regretted it kind of because I was like, oh, that's a lot of zeros. <laughs> <laughs> but like I I am glad, yeah. But like again, like yeah, that's a. But that's just a lot about you in the fact that you're. I think you have the mentality that a lot of that I think a majority of comics don't where you're selfless. You're not thinking of only yourself. You're thinking of the show and you want to do a great job. And so as a professional, you're saying, hey. In the hey, club, you want them to like be like, oh, mm-hmm. it was cool. You'd fuck, you know, like, I want you to leave having a good time. Yes. And I'm going to do what I can. Spur of the moment, think about it, boom, yeah, right. do it, deal with the consequences later. Maybe take it on the chin. But at the end of the day, they you went did the crazy, right though. And, yeah. then like, and then I did another 25 and they were like. And they love you. Yeah. And it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, smart. But so, okay, so credit card statement, what else? Oh, uh, look, you're just going to be happier. Look, I, but this is just me personally speaking. This is yes, just my experience. Sure. And I, I got a great wife. I got a lovely daughter. And now I don't enjoy being on the road as much, other than the fact that when I'm on stage working that one or two hours yeah. a night, it's great. Yeah. I love it. It's the other 23, 22 hours you guys know as mm-hmm. well as anybody else does. But, sure. But now it's even more because I got a little one, I got a wife, yeah, and you just want to be home, home and see this little girl grow up in front of your face. Oh, it's yeah. the best. It's also such a great age. Two and a half, you said? Yeah, two and a half. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, I, that was when my nieces, who are now five, just started to, like, where I wanted to be around them all the time. Because yeah. they were talking and uh, just so, you, you can tell they're starting to soak everything in now, yeah. right? Um, what's her name? Uh, Olivia. Nice. Yeah, which, I know what he's thinking. 16 years, I'll meet her friends. <laughs> I'll meet her friends. What a pig. <laughs> Jesus. Hey, talk to the guy with the beard. Who's oh, yeah. <laughs> talk to first base angel. What? Over here. <laughs> what? By the way, first base angel is a nickname you never want. No, never. We can move on past that nickname. But no, sex Brad? But sex Brad. <laughs> Even better. That'll go great on, that'll, that'll go great on my grinder profile. I'm, I'm going to put it on his... Yeah. But sex, Brad, we get so many dates. Oh my Space god! Anal is like the mascot for greasy pickles. <laughs> <laughs> or, <laughs> but now, like, but now that you have the show, it, uh, that means you can stay home more. Then, right? Yeah. Look, every time we get renewed, it's another six months. I get to be home. Mm-hmm. Talk about the way you said about being the show mirroring what you were going through. That's oh really well, you know, Vince, Vince Vaughn, and I have been pals for a long time. And how did that friendship start? MySpace. You like better. He. He was doing that Wild West thing, mm-hmm. and then one of the guys got sick. So he said, Ahmed, who do you know that could come in and do the show last minute? And they we can say her name. Up. Rita Rudner. She bailed out last minute. Rita Rudner bailed she out. She got herpes yeah. and meningitis. <laughs> it happens, man. Rita's a, Rita parties hard. Yeah. Murpees is what they call it. Murpees. Yeah. So, <laughs> so now they just call it Rita. It, 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 it's insane. <laughs> you got a case of the rugs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, first base anal's got a case of the rugs. <laughs> I do, man. <laughs> Sucks. <laughs> so I went and do the show. It was fun. Yeah. You know, I got to talk to Vince afterwards. Then he asked that me. That was a like, great documentary, by the way. Oh, it was Because really that cool, was yeah. the insight into seeing your guys' lives off stage, I feel like was. I don't, I mean, I don't feel like I'd seen much of that in the stand up world yet. Yeah, no, he really put together a hell of a film. Uh, and it was great to look, be part of that tour to, mm-hmm. to some degree, because I just did a few, you know, one offs with those guys. Yeah. And then, I don't know, we just kind of became pals because I think he, he felt comfortable knowing that I was good friends with Ahmed. So I kind of got into that group. And I don't know, it was like really great to know that I had a great core of good dudes that I was able yeah. to hang out with. So what do you find it is with dudes like sports, comedy? Like I was talking to somebody about this the other day that like bonds because it doesn't take much for dudes to bond. It's like little information has to be exchanged. I feel it like. really doesn't. But I think at the end of the day, especially with that core of guys, I think that we all are pretty, pretty normal. Yeah, you know, I think we're all 
kind of guys that we don't need velvet ropes and clipboards to go to just a nice pub, a conversation. You know, I think we all have the same mindset. Like if you go out, you meet some girls like back when we were single. Even if it didn't work out, it's like, that was a great night. I know guys that are like... Hey, like eight minutes in, we fucking no, I'm fucking out of here. Yeah, just, or we fucked up. Like, God, go man, fucking, how did I not make that happen? How did I not get that five some? You're like, okay, well, that's yeah. your problem. You're <laughs> thinking five at a time, mm-hmm. five some, yeah. You know, there's the oh, there's a selfish guy yeah. that, mm-hmm. that, that's just you know, but it's like with those guys, it's always just fun. It doesn't matter if it's guys, it's girls. It's just like a good time, and so I think we all kind of have that same mentality. But anyways, I was touring a lot, and I'd come home Monday, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays, and Vince and I would hike. And one day he said, you should write something for yourself. And I said, well, I don't know how to write. He goes, you can do it. I was like, well, I don't know. He goes, you can do it. You like, hadn't tried at that point. You just, just your stand-up. No idea. Yeah, just, just doing stand-up. So I, I treated it as though I was in college. I went out. I bought maybe six books on uh, script writing, sitcom writing, uh, Save the Cat, um, and then I took another two and a half, maybe three months to write the actual pilot. And then I turned it in like eight months later to him. And he's like, what's this? I go, you told me to write the script. He goes, oh, my God, I can't believe you really did it. <laughs> I go, really? I was he just goes, trying to make small talk on yeah, a hike. No, exactly. he, goes, he goes, I have that conversation with so many of my friends, and they never do it. Mm-hmm. But you did it. And he goes, well, let's read this. And so he took like a week or two to read it with Peter Billingsley, who was another one of our yep. buddies. And then uh, they go, let's meet some showrunners. So we met Rob Long who he and I sat down, and he basically re- rewrote the script. Not to be confused with Rob Lowe, mm-hmm. not, but also not a name yeah. that describes, you know, Something. measurements. It could be, yeah. yeah. Low, long. <laughs> but Rob, okay, that's a Sesame Street joke. <laughs> Rob Long, uh, he worked on Cheers the last eight years. He was like, oh one my of the producers God. on Cheers. So yeah. the original concept of Sullivan's Son was going to be in a diner, and Rob goes, you should make it a bar. I go, look, you worked on Cheers. If you jump on board, you want to make this a bar, I'll do whatever you want. Exactly. So, oh, I thought you were going to say, look, man, if you fucking make Ted Dance in the Star again, I'm going to fucking... <laughs> fucking <laughs> this is my show. I'm yeah. going to fucking throw you up to the guys at Greasy Pickle and <laughs> see what happens up there. So, okay, so he came in with a lot of experience, and you were like, with please. With experience, yeah. But the foundation of the show was a guy that, that was professionally very happy in New York City, comes back to visit his folks in New York City, and realizes he wants to be personally happy, and that's being around family, having mm-hmm. a sense of home, and being with your friends. And that ultimately is what I was going through at the time. Maybe subconsciously I was writing it out that way. Um, so that was the foundation of the show. And, and one of the first lines in the pilot is, this girl that I'm dating from New York is kind of smothering me with all the things we're going to do when I go back for my promotion. And it's like, we're going to have a black card, and we're going to have children, and we're going to get this house. And She's like, isn't that awesome? Isn't that what you want? Don't you want a life that matters? I'm like, yeah, I want a life that matters. And mm-hmm. I just sit there and you can... And so that was kind of the foundation of the show. I want a life that matters. What is the life that matters? Yeah. So that's what it was to me and that's what it is to me today. And I, I think maybe back then I knew it. And it, was, it all started to come to fruition once I got married and had the kid. And it's like, holy shit, it's kind of really living now out got, in front of me. Yeah, now, that's incredible. Now you have that life. And yeah. did you always from the beginning uh, want to put other comedians in the show? Because, I mean, Owen Benjamin, Roy Wood Jr., Ahmed Ahmed, like you put comics in this show. Was that yeah. Some, yeah, was that something yeah, that I always thought, look, while the party's going on, mm-hmm. I'm going to hold the door open and get as many guys in as possible before they shut, up, shut camp up. Yeah. yeah. So that was always my deal. And when I wrote it, I wrote in Owen... Uh, we had been working a ton with each other at that time, 
and we're, he's one of my best pals. Roy is somebody I always saw from afar. I always appreciated his stand-up. But I felt like, how has he not gotten a half hour yet? This totally. is fucking yeah, crazy. Know, and he still has So it. crazy talented. So I wrote him in. And then Ahmed is one of the first guys I ever met. I was like, I got to put Ahmed in. Sure. So during, during the casting process, oh, so even. It's, it's, it's so di- such a diverse group, too, which is yeah. helpful. And it, right. and it worked out too. Yeah, totally. it, I mean, it just completely worked out. It was never like I got to get a black guy. I got to get no, this guy. Right. It was like these are guys. If I had the opportunity to work with, I'd, I'd I'd put them in. And I remember Roy, Peter, and Rob were not for Roy, and so they kept auditioning guys. And I mm-hmm. kept sneaking Roy in because that's one of the perks of being like a producer. You could be like, this could call the casting director. Go, yeah. I want to see uh, well, him yeah. come in again. There's that famous Demervious People's audition story. <laughs> that, he actually came in with his cock out, and you guys were like, that's not in the script, but we love it. Uh, uh, His whole life changed after that day. I mean, yeah. But, uh, but, but uh, so, so then the second time Roy came in, Pete's like, maybe I see it. So he was warm, and then Rob was like, no. And I think the fourth time, wow. he finally had like a great audition, and Pete was like, all right, I'm in. And then Rob's like, look, if you want him, fine. And it was when we were filming the pilot – uh, Rob came up to me and, and he's like, "You were right about Roy. Sorry about that." Awesome. And I was like, "Yes." Fuck Which, yeah, by dude. the way, that never happens in show business. No one ever admits they're right. wrong. Yeah. No one, hey, you know yeah. what? I was wrong. Good call. Like that fucking never happens. Especially a guy that's, that's got true, that much yeah. more experience. And he's like, got a ton of experience, <clears throat> and he couldn't have been sweeter and greater. You know, he's just such a great guy to work with. But, but since we've been on, we've had a lot of comics come on. You know, we had a yeah. conversation. Yeah, you know, yeah, almost going to yeah. gonna be on. Leslie Jones was on. Yeah. I remember talking to her and when she was at Rock Bottom. It. Yeah, and now and now Leslie just got on. She's Saturday on SNL Live. now. Yeah, yeah, as a feature as a feature player. Whereas before she was just writing. And yeah. I'm so happy for that girl because she, she is kills it. So damn talented. I've never seen her not she be funny. I think she's going to really I think bring she's gonna it. Pop. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, nobody looks, talks, and has that point of view on the planet. No. There's only one of her. Yeah. And how yeah. many people can you say that of? Exactly. Yeah, she definitely has a cadence that is yeah. <laughs> like no other. Yeah. I mean, her single rant. I was so glad to see her do that portions of that bit on update. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and she and like, she oh. was great. And she came off great because that's, uh, you know, I mean, I've only uh, you know started on the show, but then like live and stuff. But it's like sometimes you know that can just not translate. But I think she's gonna like you know yeah. even, even having her in a like you know, uh, target sketch if she's like a customer and has some little thing. Like, she'll bring something extra special to it. Well, she was just on the... I think the Jim Carrey one was the first episode she did. Mm -hmm. And she had one line in a sketch with Jim Carrey and she fucking sold it so hard. And I'm like... That's why she got it. Yeah, yeah. That's why she got it. She she wrung that out and got every ounce of... Energy and laughs she could have out of that, and she just—it's just her being her, though, too. So it's natural. How much does uh, Vince come in on the show at this point? And uh, he's there every taping. Which really, most people are like, even guest stars are like, he's here. Yeah, I mean, he's there, and he's—he's he's not only just there. He's there at three for the first taping, and we do another one at six. And he's there for that one, and he's there till the end. So he's no always shit. there. He's he chime in with? I mean, you know, some of the best notes. lines we've had uh, that have been improv have been from him. He's just—he is. Uh, He's got a high batting average. Let's just mm-hmm. put it that way with, yeah. his, with his alt lines. He's great. Wow. He also always delivers. I mean, like, look, try to find uh, something that guy, that he's done. I've heard nothing but great things about him. Never met be him, a but nicer I, guy. I can only hear positive. Yeah. I'm like, how many more fucking positive, great? He's <laughs> yeah. the fucking coolest and the funniest and the nicest to his friends. And- yeah, the only, the only time I met him was the night when we played hockey together. And, yeah. and it, which, by the way, surprised me that he couldn't skate. 
I thought I thought that was hilarious because you think, oh, he's from Chicago, he's right, a big so sports I, fan. I have an icebreaker then. Yes, that yes, you Unless, both can't skate. Did they also get a concussion at a birthday party? And, Probably. No. They said you ruined he's my fucking yeah, yeah. skating session, son of a bitch. What if it turns out he was actually the kid? We just never put it together. Uh, so, but yeah, he, he he was great that day, and he was like he was holding court with all these comics that have never met him before, and they're all just. And myself included, just listening to his stories, and he was loving it. And, yeah, and and he brought it. I don't, I don't know what it is about him and comics, but he feels a kinship with them of some. He kind. really does, and I think I think he has this ability to uh, make. There's feel very good. few people, absolutely, but there's very few people I think that I could just say he could go on stage right now and kill, mm-hmm. just kill. And that's why, if you saw that SNL that he hosted recently, I think last year, where he did the monologue. Yeah. He just went out there and just, he was doing crowd work. That's yeah. it. They just said, go ahead and do your. Go talk to and people. And he went out and he was just, I was like, that's what, comics work for years to be able to have that ability. The confidence. And just- he's just so damn naturally. We were talking the other day on the phone and he asked me about something. By the way, this is how great he is. He, he's an A-list movie star. He mm-hmm. does, he's like doing True Detective. And when he calls you, oh, all yeah, he wants to do right. is know about your day. He's like, what are you up to? And it's like, hey, how's filming? He's like, yeah, it's great. So anyways, when you were doing that thing, how else? And he just, oh, he's very selfless, yeah, you know? Man. But he, he said something the other day. We were chatting, and I said something. He goes, oh, my God. Oh, my God, Steve. If I was a lawnmower, you just pulled my cord. And I was like, <laughs> do you know how hard I'd have to work to come oh, up with that? Yeah. And that's oh. just tossed away. Oh, baby. Oh, oh, yeah. oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was so <gasps> great. What a great, oh, dude. And he's not even thinking in terms of trying to have a funny line oh, in that he's moment. Not trying to be funny. That's just how he, his, his uh, verbiage works. He never works. tries to be funny. He just is naturally funny. Did he ever do stand up or sketch? Or he must have. Uh, he studied, I think, at Second City. Uh, mm-hmm. In Chicago, when okay. he was like when he was like sixteen or something like that, yeah. he he studied there for like two years, I think, or three years, and then moved to L.A. And then were you guys able to kind of bond because you lived in Chicago? He's from there. Well, actually, he was living there at the time, mm-hmm. and I was always visiting because I was always traveling. I, and yeah. he goes, you know, why don't you just move to Chicago? I mean, it's middle of the country. There's no layovers anymore. Save a lot of money. I was like, fuck yeah, yeah. So my wife and I talked and my wife and his wife are really good friends and we actually lived at his place for like three months until we found a place okay so it was uh it was great and he was there at the time and it's so funny at the moment that he said i got to go back to la and start working more that's when we sold sullivan and so i probably would have still been in chicago if it wasn't for sullivan wow and and now you have this opportunity where now you come back to la you're here you you do you do the show for six months and then you tour for six months yeah Yeah, and one thing that i like is that you bring the entire cast out on the road with you it's it's not just the steve byrne hour you say hey i've got all these talented friends they're all on the show why don't you bring them all with me yeah that was uh you know once we you don't know what's going to happen when you well, make a Well, TBS pilot. made him do it, so let's not act like that. <laughs> no, okay, okay. Like, all right, yeah, let's say, yeah. Yeah, they're like, Steve, you could yeah. take all the money yourself, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is the right call, right? I'm like, no, I should, I should lose money on yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, perfect. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it just makes sense to go out and tour with the guys. And look, it's one of those things where when you work with your friends, it's very inspiring to not only work sure. with them, but to see their work ethic. And I'm telling you, I think Roy Wood Jr. is hands down one of the most underrated comedians in this country working right now. He oh, doesn't get any acknowledgement yeah. whatsoever from the industry, and mm-hmm. it makes me sick to my goddamn stomach. Well, you're doing but your part. I, I'm trying to do all, all, mm-hmm. all I can, but he is... I what about it? There. I mean, like what just, just watching him work, and I mean, his, uh, each, each night is something... He's got such a different perspective on things. You know, how many comics would defend Paula Dean? When, when that whole thing happened. And it was his take on it that it was like, 
oh, that's a different way of looking at it. Yeah. And he's got a thousand of those. And I think he gets pigeonholed with maybe thinking, oh, he's another Def Jam comic or he's right. so urban or whatever. It's like you, you couldn't find anything further from the truth than that. Yeah, I mean, if you actually listen. Oh, he is – it, it almost like breaks my heart. And when I tour with him and I watch him on stage, I get like angry, 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 hmm. angry at, at the industry. And, you know, Comedy Central's like – Probably the only outlet, really, that we that we know of, other than Netflix, I think that's starting to come to yeah right. to the fold. But mm-hmm. um, it's also know. also the, uh, just in terms of the road, like you were saying, like when you're a single dude, it's like, and you do have, um, or, or once you got to uh, where you are now with the uh, family and wife, and you're not uh, behaving the way you were uh, as a single <laughs> dude, so to be on the road with friends, yeah, is just like so much better because then it those twenty three yeah. hours aren't filled with. I guess I'll watch more fucking YouTube clips of uh, you know Golden Girl. Bloopers. But here's the thing. <laughs> These guys never like to see shit. I love going off and seeing oh, things. That bums me out. We're in Seattle, mm-hmm. right? You want to go to the market? No, you... I'm going to order room service. Oh, no. We're five blocks away from fresh chowder. You were right. The, the and Seattle parlor. So I went by myself. Oh, place. that makes me to go get, furious. Yeah, yeah, to go eat fresh food all the time. We're in D.C. Hey, you guys want to walk the mall? Go to uh, all the, some of the greatest museums in our country for free. Right. They, they offer. You guys want to go check? Uh, I'm going to order room service and just hang out. And Why? you know, sometimes out. I get what that. If you're in fucking uh, Detroit and it's the winter time, but you're in Des Moines, then, yeah, take it easy. Yeah. But Jesus. even then, like, go out and fucking walk through the snow to a cool bar and make, you know, feel like you're in, like, the, uh, you know, transition uh, in a sitcom or something <laughs> like that, establishing shot when they're like, bing, 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 you know. And, uh, <clears throat> but that's, yeah, you got to go out. When I uh, uh, used to open for Bobby, when I first started, like, that was my first, like, Taste of Featuring, and we went to D.C., and I'd never been, and I was yeah. so pumped. And I was like, and it was, uh, uh, like, September. So it was yeah. just, like, great weather. I was like, Bobby, we got to do this and this. He's like, no, 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 I don't want to do any of that stuff. I don't like to go out. And one of my buddies lived there, and I was like, we got a tour guide for free, man, and he'll drive us everywhere. So I dragged him out. We ended up having a great time, but like, and he was just so fun and funny, and we saw all this stuff, and we were at the um, Lincoln Memorial, and he started doing this whole thing about, like, He's like, man, fucking Koreans, man. We never had a Martin Luther King like representative. He's like, he's like, he'd be up here, be like, you know, one day. He's like, uh, I, I have a dreaming that one day because I have a dreaming that one day white people do their own dry cleaning. And he's like, this whole rant, and we're like dying. I was like, dude, do that on stage tonight. He's like, no, I gotta wait till I get back to the store and work it out. And he did it once at the store in front of a like shitty crowd, and it like kind of hit. And he was like, fucking, never doing that again. And I was like, oh, it's man. so weird to hear that because we all know as comics how prolific Bobby Lee is yeah. in writing. That, that's he's so good to me. <laughs> he's but been it, working on an hour special since For I've 15, known yeah. him <laughs> since I met him and I moved here in 2004 guys and you've it's done, been a decade George Lucas could have made six Star Wars films <laughs> and you've done four yeah, <laughs> yeah we just saw uh, your last special where he came out right and did the uh, that was, was that? the Burn Identity yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he came out and did that for me and Brad was like he did his closer not on his special right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did it on well yours. I came up with this sausage that was party hilarious, thing, and then way. he, and then he, I said, "Why don't you come out and do kind of a hybrid thing or whatever?" But originally, it was supposed to be Bert Kreischer, mm-hmm. because when we were on tour, when I did the Wild West tour, okay, Vince Vaughn created like this dance routine with all the guys. He was like, "I'm going to teach you bitches how to dance, whatever," and he showed us this <laughs> dance mm-hmm. thing, and it's how we ended the show. And I'm telling you, I've been on stage for a lot of things. I've gone on stage after Chris Rock or si- like yeah. at these guys' peaks in New York. I've never heard anything so loud as when Vince did this thing. It was it fucking killed. Oh, and I was like, God. I got to come up with something like that. So I created right. this boy band thing. But when I, I was on tour with uh, the Jameson Whiskey Tour, and Burt Kreischer came up with these names, Romeo Horsecock and Prison Fuck Toy. 
And so I would wow. name guys Sounds that. Like the Three Musketeers. <laughs> hey, first base anal, you're late for the fucking meeting. Like that's... I could join that boy band with first base anal. <laughs> yeah. I, was yeah. I already got the turf name. And who? Romeo Horsecock. Horse, yeah. So <laughs> I asked Kreischer to come out and do the thing, but he couldn't do it. So I, I knew Bobby was game, and Bobby came out and killed it. Yeah, course, it was so. amazing. Yeah. And Bobby, by the way, is <clears throat> probably, if you're going to meet a guy when you first move to L.A., couldn't be a, a, oh. a, a nicer conduit than, yeah. than Bobby Lee to, oh, to yeah. the city. Yeah, he's, it, he's a great dude. Uh, he and, and, and he will show you his dick within about three, oh, yeah. three minutes of knowing him. We were so driving. fantastic. Okay, so this is the first Kim's a Comedy show we do. Okay. And <sighs> Ken Jeong, Bobby Lee, Kevin Shea. Look, this is when Bobby's on, on Mad TV. Right. And the biggest of all of us by far. Yeah, and, and like now Ken's in all these movies and TV shows and everything. This is before. This no, is before. No, this Ken is when he's still Dr. Ken. He, this is Dr. Ken. Ken yeah. was yeah. doing open-heart surgery and then coming to meet you guys for the show. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Literally That's doing shit bananas. like that. So, so we're like, we need Bobby to be there. Mm-hmm. I'm in L.A. Ken's already in San Fran. Like, is Bobby ready? Is Bobby ready? Is he coming? I call Bobby. Bobby, uh, we're leaving tomorrow to San, San Fran. Are you all set? He's like, oh, when is it? I go, tomorrow. He goes, oh, how am I going to get there? I go, you piece of shit. <laughs> I get in the car, cancel my flight. To, and drive him to San Francisco to make mm-hmm. sure he gets there. Within an hour, I'm listening to my music. Mm-hmm. I think he's sleeping. He's not sleeping. Mm-hmm. And I hear, and I look over, and he's jerking off looking at me. I go, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? He goes, he goes, just drive. Just drive. I go, dude, this is not fucking, and then he just starts cackling and laughing, and I'm like, I think he was, I don't know if he was, to this day, I don't know if he was serious, yeah. though. Because there wow. might, I don't you know. don't. There's never like a resolve on a lot of these uh, behaviors. But there was always a little rivalry between Ken and Bobby, mm-hmm. and I, I remember the last Kim's a comedy show we did. I'm not speaking at a school. Sure. We've had this conversation with, with these guys, whatever. But it came, it came to a head where there was a little friction. I think Bobby got jealous of Ken, mm-hmm. whereas Ken was always supportive of Bobby back in the day. And Bobby could have been very happy for Ken. And, you know, look, this is all, again, yeah. we've, we've all chatted yes, about this, sure. and Bobby knows this. And it came to a moment where we're doing a sold-out show at Cobbs, okay? We never have sold-out shows mm-hmm. with the Kims. It was the one show that sold out. Line around the block, people outside waiting. We can see him. We're like, this is going to be fucking awesome. And Bobby and Ken got into a fight, mm-hmm. like yelling, and they got in each other's faces, and they almost Bobby's fought. jerking off. Bobby's jerking. He's looking at me. He's, He's like, getting like, hard. Yeah. <laughs> and I broke it up just before it got... You know, really violent, but I mm-hmm. was thinking just before I broke it up, I was like, I should let them fight because this would be the cutest fight I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> oh my God. To see Dr. Ken and Bobby Lee go at it, it's just like, listen, at, it's at, like a Adam, gremlin and yeah. a pony. Adam, I'm telling you right now, if I ever start fighting with Dinklage, you better not break that shit up. <laughs> Man, I'll if, have it, if it's so it, many iPhones just ready to go. <laughs> that, dude, that, dude, that's insane. And then, it, but, and then they go out and have a, and have a great show. Yeah, then we had a great show, but Bobby and Ken, I think, you know, they've made up and they're good guys. They've been mm-hmm. through so much, so much together. They're almost like brothers, to be honest with you. So yeah, so you fight, um, you, you, you yeah. fight, you get better. It's fun. Um, before we wrap this up, and this has been awesome, by the way. Thank oh, you. Oh, so thank much. you guys for yeah. having me. This you're is the awesome. Fuck and you mentioned about Bobby being one of the cool guys to meet when you first literally get going. Yes. But you're in the same boat, man. Like, there's when I was working at the store, and uh, and a lot of people can attest to this. Like, there's a lot of people. Like, I would sit in the back and watch those guys in the OR, and uh, I think you have to, as a young comic, not judge. Uh, you can't like hope to have too much out of interactions with people that you look up to and uh, that you're not friends with. But mm-hmm. like, if you get haze and hellos and you find yourself in a circle where they engage with you, like you always would do with me, 
uh, that's pretty awesome. Oh, and nice. so, yeah. And uh, that's encouraging. Without like, you know, because it's not like I ever was hoping that you would, <clears throat> you know, stop me in a hallway and go, hey, man, I really like that. Uh, I really like that tight pants bit or whatever. Yeah. Like really uh, work that out. But just to like get the acknowledgement of like, you know, is enough to go, oh, cool. Like it's you start to feel like you're a part of the group. Yeah. Well, I think as a comic, you all know what it's like to be. That outsider, because yeah. at the end of the day, we kind of all outsiders. We're all underdogs. Nobody sure. gave us a shot, and that's how you end up in stand-up. We're all kind of – it is the island of misfit toys that is stand-up. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's not really much room to be an asshole. I think you kind of know what it's like to to work that door or sit there and park the cars. That's yeah. not fun. Yeah. And I know you're sitting there doing that to get that five minutes on on stage or yeah. ten minutes. So Or not get it because Piper Parabu is coming or, back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> With a new uh, cast, the- Coyote Ugly's here. Okay, <laughs> oh, re- okay, that, that reeks of comedy, Tommy. Why not? Yeah, uh, you've opened for musical acts, yes. and that's fucking so cool to me. I want to get to that point. <laughs> no, you don't. Really? <laughs> oh, it's the worst. Every, every, every comic I talk to that's open for rock bands or rappers, or whatever they all they all say it's like. Whereas we go on the road now, and that one hour is the is the best part of the day. Yeah, like that twenty minutes is the worst, the worst part of the day. Is it off? Every other part yeah. is great. I've you're heard with a rock band. But. I've only heard uh, Sinbad tell me about opening for Earth, Wind, and Fire, and that sounded fucking awesome. That would be awesome. I'll tell you the only band I opened for that was fucking tits was uh. Well, who are the guys you've done first? Like uh, Mariah Carey for a, a summer tour, uh, Kanye West, uh, Puddle of Mud, Spoon, Kings of Leon, mm-hmm. Spoon. Uh, but yeah. Kings of Leon was the best, really, the best. Because not only would you open for them, but they'd sit there and watch and laugh, and then they'd hang out after. They'd be like, "Hey, come on, we're hang out." So it's you're a like, part oh, of the day. tour. They seem so. They, they seem so subdued on stage. That doesn't seem like the kind of guys that. They, that yeah, just kind of really chill guys that enjoy comedy, and they couldn't have been sweeter That's and great. nicer. Uh, Versus Mariah, who's like, "Look, you got never booked. Her. You're not singing ne- backups on fucking." Um, uh, I know a Mariah song. Fantasy. Fantasy Baby. Okay. Dream Lover. Dream sure. Lover. She only had like 29 number one hits. The, um, <laughs> the, uh, the song, the duet she sings with... Um, one Sweet Day. Yeah. Okay. Thank <laughs> you. From the Prince of Egypt. That's how much we know each Someone other. Someone was lonely Isn't in high school. That's how much... Boy, first base anal. Oh, first base okay. anal coming strong with the hoop with the Mariah Carey references. That's what I do. So uh, I never met her. That's Kanye insane. West. You're the opening act, and you never even said hi. Yeah, I did. I think maybe Fuck. eight shows with her. Never met her. Wow. Um, but I remember I did. I did last call with Carson Daly. This is mm-hmm. when he was still in New York City, and Kanye West was on the show, as was I. This before his first album came out, but there was all okay. this like hype about this guy, like he's the next big deal. Yeah. So we do the show together. A week later, I get asked to do to open for him. At a SUNY school in uh, New York City. Uh, yeah, of course. I, that, that's cool. Not the same crowd, but of course. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I've voted Democrat before, so <laughs> I think we'll get along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I go there. Show's supposed to start at 8 o'clock. He's not there. Okay. It's 15. Still not there. Will you go up and just go up and do your half hour? Uh, half hour? Okay. <laughs> so I go shit. up, do a half hour, mm-hmm. get through it. One of my first... TV things was BT's comic view of all things. My first two TV credits. Nice. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm not phased by this. This, sure. is, this will be fun. So I got up and do my stuff. I get off stage, 8.45, still not there. Mm. We wait five minutes. They go, Steve, can you go up and do another 15? I go, oh, for fuck's sakes. <laughs> I go up. I get off stage. Maybe it's 9, 9.20, 9.30 now. I don't know. He's still not there. They go, will you? I go, get the fuck out. No, yeah, I am I'm not done. going back up there. Not no, if enough. I go up there, they'll, they'll start booing me. I got right. away with it. I go, good luck. 
all the best to you. Good night. I leave. I get a call from my agent the next day. I go, so what happened with that Kanye thing? He showed up at 1030, oh. two and a half hours late, mm-hmm. did three songs, left, and I think he probably made probably 30 times the amount of money that I did. Wow. So he, Why he aren't those really- stories like out there more? Well, they are now. Well, yeah, okay, yeah. To the mighty about last night podcast. You hear audience. that, dad and ex girlfriend from the sixth grade? We've got two listeners. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. Um, wow, that's well, fucking well, crazy. Yeah, it's weird. Two hours late, three songs, and then just he just doesn't out. Yeah, fuck, he got back man. on his bus, got the check, and got out of there. I mean, I like to be a give the benefit of the doubt guy, and like, there's always two sides of the story. And hey, maybe you know he fucking a buddy of his, you know. Something tragic happened, and he was just like, "That was the excuse." But from from what I've no, heard, the show's the show. When you buy <clears throat> ninety yeah. people the show must on go a on. Wednesday around a shots, that's the difference. You know, he would you hear that Kanye shots yeah. have been fired on behalf of Steve <laughs> Byrne and I. <laughs> well, I guess we have to cancel him next week. See, we're going to have yeah. him on the podcast. Yeah, well, Kanye oh, well. West impersonator. It's Demirius Peoples. He does. Uh, <laughs> he does. He does a hilarious Kanye. Which it was weird. He was going to be on tonight and do like a be like, hey, Steve, remember that time I put my dick out? And you didn't cast me. Um, no, but yeah, if Kanye had showed up and bought and fucking you know smoothies for the whole concert or whatever it was all, being served, all is or forgiven. just done your set, right? Just done eight songs. Done your job. People yeah. are that forgiving, right? If he, if, eh. if they were that, he's that late, and they're like, "Fuck!" But then you do a killer show. Well, it's I, all forgiven. Well, right? I, I was in the audience this year for him at Bonnaroo, and and right now he's in his like, I do twenty minutes of rants, then I do two songs, and I do mm-hmm. twenty minutes of rants, and and the whole time he's ranting, we're just sitting there going, "All right, get the fucking stone, get the yeah. fuck, get play stronger, God damn it!" You know, <laughs> and then he does. You're like, "All right, he played stronger. We're happy now." It's insane. It's almost like he's an 80-year-old man in the body of a 30-year-old. He'll just rant about <laughs> bullshit, and then I'll do a song that he can remember the lyrics to, and then he's, yeah. oh, Grandpa Kanye. He's back to... Uh... <laughs> he will be an amazing grandpa, though, now that we're oh, talking. I can't wait. Yeah. His stories will be... Well, one time I showed up and said, fuck, dude, why is my Grandpa Kanye so I don't Cosby? know, he's Cosby. <laughs> this one time I showed up to a concert, Steve Byrne opened for me, I made him do longer Jello pudding pops. <laughs> That's, where's the story? Sorry, By the way, thanks to Hannibal, every MC in every funny bone across the country is going to have a Cosby rape joke. So uh, thanks, Hannibal. Yeah, oh, thanks, yeah, buddy. You, yeah. Made, you, you made that a staple. And 50% of them will end in pudding pop. Yeah, that's like a euphemism. But maybe he did actually you know, say that. Maybe he was... We don't need to go down that path. Yeah, you know? okay, yeah. Your pause says it all, which is the name of my next uh, book, uh, where I talk about the miscastings of Demirious People. Sir, your pause says it all. Uh, yeah. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, Dude, thank you guys thank so, you so much. much. This is awesome. Because yeah. I know we always see each other in passing at the clubs, mm-hmm. but to actually sit down and It's so fun. Like, awesome. Look how much we just got to uh, learn. About. It's the best, man. Yeah. These now now, now I know the- that we all, that two or three people of this on this table have seen Bobby Lee Cherkoff. <laughs> where... Uh, where so steveburn.com for all the tour dates com everything all the social media it's all steveburn live but you know the new special is on Netflix so check it out Fun watch it people did. Steve thank, thank you so much buddy thank you gentlemen so that's the show
Tony Danza. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast with Brad Williams and Adam Ray. Boy, they're a lot of fun, huh? Why don't you subscribe on iTunes to this fucking podcast, give them a five-star rating so this midget and this Jew can feel good about themselves for a couple minutes. Also, get on your iPhone or Android and get the podcast app. You can also listen to it on Stitcher or aboutlastnightpodcast.com, where you can hear past episodes with great guests like Lisa Kudrow, Paul Feig, Kevin Nealon, Bob Saget, Dion Cole, Chris D'Elia, Adam Devine, Michael McDonald, Jaleel White, Bud Friedman, Steve-O, Harlan Williams, Tom Arnold, Ron Funches, Rick Glassman, Blake Anderson, Anders Holm, Jessime Peluso, Joey McIntyre, and many, many more. I'm Tony Danza. Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast. Good night. That's it, right? You got it? Sweet. Boy, it smells good in that booth, by the way. What kind of candle is that? Hanukkah Willow? <laughs> nice. If you like listening to comedy, try watching it on the internet. The folks behind the Sideshow Network have launched a new YouTube channel called Wait For It. It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Schleichinger, Schleichinger, I've been friends with her for 10 years, one of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me, takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore. Because it's here. And it's funny. And I love you. Why wait to live your best life? Stop letting fibroids and endometriosis take over. Right now, thousands of women who have visited the specialists at the Center for Innovative GYN Care at InnovativeGYN.com are saying the same thing. I shouldn't have waited. Waiting to treat a GYN condition can prolong the symptoms and often make them worse. Fibroids will grow and endometriosis will spread. If you ignore a GYN condition, you can also risk anemia from increased blood loss. Why are you waiting? The CIGC difference is our training and our techniques. State-of-the-art, minimally invasive procedures are performed as same-day outpatient surgeries. Recovery from the exclusive CIGC procedures is just days. Innovative techniques, superior results. That's the CIGC difference. Book a consultation at InnovativeGYN.com or call 888-SURGERY. 